0: It's the Locked on Canes podcast, where it's all about the you. I am your host, Fred Perdue. We have a lot to unpack on today's show as we check in on the status of the team after being bitten by the injury bug. We also take it to the practice field where we look at the ever-changing quarterback situation and head coach Manny Diaz and other players had a ton to say at the most recent press conference. But before we get started, make sure to go follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes for all of the latest happenings with the show and updates on the team. Make sure you go follow myself on Twitter at FredProduceCFB, and don't forget to leave your questions for tomorrow's mailbag by tweeting your question with the hashtag LOC Mailbag. Now let's jump into some news and notes. First off, head coach Manny Diaz called linebacker Michael Pinkney's availability this week at Pittsburgh to be doubtful, and senior linebacker Zach McLeod will start in his place. The interesting part about all of this is McLeod's start is notable because of the hurricanes are hoping to redshirt him and have him return as a redshirt senior starter at linebacker in 2020 mcleod who has played in three games this season has one more game to play in order to retain his redshirt status this season according to the ncaa redshirt rules this will be huge for him and the canes as far as leadership is concerned he can't go over that that four game limit uh, McLeod is he, he dealt with injuries a lot, and I think with that happening, it's going to be something that is going to be huge. Uh, this redshirt rule really kind of gives coaches a little bit of flexibility, and in this case, a player like McLeod can play up to four games, which helps and uh, lets a guy like Michael Pinkney kind of rest up for uh, the remainder of the season or a remaining game. Uh, And at any point somewhere along the line, there's going to be some young talent and maybe some of those older guys can kind of rest up a little bit, especially with a season that seems very downtrodden at this point. Uh, Running back DJ Dallas will make the trip to Pittsburgh and he will be monitored throughout the week and his availability will be assessed. He had a very nasty knee injury uh, where he had to be carried off the field uh, last week at home against Georgia Tech and Cam Harris came in to, in relief for him, Uh, DJ Dallas is one of those guys that he is a tough, tough runner. He is a bell cow type of back, at least at the college level. He's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, but he's just one of those guys who gets the job done. And with him going down the depth at running back, uh, it was already thin. You didn't see a lot of Robert Burns, the third string running back. But you may see a little bit of him in this game coming up against Pitt. But Cam Harris seems to be able to handle the load. But DJ is just something different. He he has that heart of a hurricane in him. And uh, to grind those, create those yards out, he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So he will be missed if he's not able to come out and play and and battle through that knee injury and he won't be even maybe 80% 70% DJ Dallas is a little bit better than anything else roughly anything else you have so the Canes are definitely looking forward to seeing him and again I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him on the field but if it's going to if it's going to put in jeopardy his his future uh his future as far as a running back at the next level no matter where he falls uh definitely don't want to see him going out there trying to trying to make plays especially in that situation. Sometimes you have to take care of yourself. Now, cornerback Trajan Bandy is healthy and listed as fine to play in this week against Pitt. He also went down with an injury Uh, He is one of the more scrappy corners. Uh, He's a very good nickel corner, but he's having to play on the outside a lot more than he normally has, especially with the graduation of guys like Michael Jackson. Uh, You know, this would have been Malik Young's uh, time to be a a, a big-time player had he never gotten injured a few years ago. So this is one of those. Trajan Bandy has really stepped up in many ways. He's actually embraced that whole playing on the outside, even though he's, more of a—he's a small corner. He's five eight, five nine. Going up against guys that are twice his size, you know, going up against those six foot three, six foot four type receivers, he—he's at a huge disadvantage. He is, but he's been making plays and he's been fighting through a lot of a lot of the injuries. Now Wednesday's practice was not open to the media in terms of viewing uh, the viewing period to see who participated, but there were reports that guys like Jeff Thomas were back after the suspension. Uh, he's still suspended, but he was able to come back to practice. Now, speaking of Jeff Thomas, he is he is remaining uh, he remains to be suspended and will miss Miami's next game against Pitt on Saturday. Despite uh, being seen at practice, he will more than likely come back uh, up, up in the upcoming game against Florida State, which is on November second. That's going to be huge because he is the he's the big play guy. He came back after all of the issues that he had. Uh, last year where he seemingly essentially quit on the team. But, you know, Manny Diaz believes in second chances and he was able to, to come back. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him have a breakout game and have, show some consistency I know the offensive line hasn't been great, and that's a big part of why Miami hasn't been able to throw the ball downfield or even run the ball and set up deep play-action shots. So just, see, but you have to use him in different ways once he gets the ball. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he has to make plays and uh, put him off the field. As well as on the field, they have to. you have to be a better person on and off the field. Character matters. And Manny Diaz is holding guys accountable, uh, even if the play on the field isn't always looking the best. Now, speaking of offensive linemen, we had former Miami Hurricanes offensive linemen, Brett Romberg, as well as uh, Brian McKinney, both had a lot to say about the offensive line and how uh, it's being coached. Even jokingly saying that the school should put together a fund so that they can come out and coach. Now the offensive line has been Swiss cheese, and it's sad that to see that this team hasn't been coached up well. Uh, you know, when I I look at this offensive line with John Campbell, Zion Nelson, uh, Navon Donaldson, those guys are the those guys are the big pieces here. Donaldson being uh, the more experienced of the three. And then Corey Gaynor coming in. Also, those guys have experienced, Those uh, Donaldson and Gaynor, but it just seems like they're being the techniques haven't been haven't really been taught well. You bring in an NFL offensive line coach, but they, they're bigger, stronger, faster. But uh, my same the same observations I'm making every week. I'm watching this game, watching this this offensive line play together. It's the same is the same observations that. Uh, McKinney as well as Romberg are making. This team doesn't seem physical. They don't seem like their technique is there. And a lot of those issues are creeping up and showing. And it's it's crazy to see how these NFL, when they get to the NFL, they're a lot better players and they fall in the draft because of the fact that their technique isn't there. They're not as physical as they're supposed to be. And quite honestly, they get better in the NFL because they're getting better proper coaching. Uh, at the college level, the coaching has to be really, really good. If you look at an Alabama, if you look at an Auburn, if you look at a Wisconsin, those teams run the ball really well, and it starts up front with the technique. It starts up front. Uh, not It's not just about sheer size. It's about technique. It's about the ability to be coachable. And all of these things go into a good player being able to have success at the next level. Now, speaking of the practice, of practice, Coach Manny Diaz had a lot to say at his recent press conference. As he does every day after practice, head coach Manny Diaz answered a few questions as well as a few players like wide receiver K.J. Osborne, defensive tackle Jordan Miller, and others. Uh, Manny Diaz addressed a few things such as the quarterback situation, Uh, some things in recruiting where players are bringing players in in the transfer portal, but selling the team as a team that had a chance to make a run. Uh, Head coach Manny Diaz did go on to say that players that are coming in do affect the recruiting numbers, and uh, it is a culture that, has to be built and yes you do need some of those older guys that come through the transport portal uh, such as a KJ Osborne such as a Travon Hill who uh, may come from other programs but they also bring in a, a valuable bit of experience but they do account against your numbers and unfortunately that's just the life that is college football now and it is because of the numbers game everything is everything is about numbers bringing in the right the right chemistry uh, the type of player uh, that can come in and help a football team. They may not be able to contribute in the biggest of ways, but everything down to being a mentor to the younger players. And no, it doesn't stunt their growth all the time, but they're able to come in and just be a stopgap while the younger players are uh, growing and developing. Um, K.J. Osborne, wide res- the transfer receiver from from Buffalo, actually said that, you know, as far as the as far as Brian Hightower transferring out, he hadn't talked to him, uh, nor had. But he does think he, that he's going to have a good career, as well as those guys are young. Uh, he kept reiterating how this team is young. I mean, you have guys like Mark Pope, D. Wiggins. Uh, those guys are sophomores. Brian Hightower was also a sophomore, so you had a lot of young talent, and unfortunately. Unfortunately, you had uh, a team that brought in a senior wide receiver that's a transfer, and he doesn't. It's, it's not the norm that a guy can come in and can start. That's not a normal thing. And because that's not a normal thing, uh, maybe Brian Hightower felt a certain type of way. Uh, maybe he felt he wasn't getting the proper amount of snaps and things like that. But at the end of the day, the coaches are doing what they're supposed to do, they're going to do what's best for the team, and they're not playing. Favorites of any sort, so that's one of the biggest things. Uh, another note from practice, as far as though as far as the practice press conferences, uh, defensive tackle Jordan Miller uh, went on to talk about tackling and how uh, we and we talked about this on the the show on Tuesday uh, that tackling was a huge issue against Georgia Tech, in which Pro Football Focus actually tallied twenty-seven missed tackles, which is a just unacceptable especially when um, head coach Manny Diaz says that he as well as his coaching staff they go over tackling multiple times in games and to the point where uh in in Wednesday's practice he actually went out his to on his own and helping those players getting down and dirty uh do with in practice just working on the fundamentals and I think that's going to be a huge thing for this team uh against this pit team that likes to run the football a, a whole bunch uh, they like they have a t- tough offensive line when those guys don't want to tackle anybody at the end of games where will their mental toughness be and all of those things factor into this uh, I look at how this team hasn't tackled well throughout the season and they've been Penalized with targeting penalties, despite them not being really justified, uh, and then you're also missing one of your starting senior linebackers, which is huge. and And Jordan Miller even went on to say that it's a different, it's going to be a bit different playing without Michael Pinkney, but it's going to be something that the team has to be on in a next man up mentality. And it, it very much agreed that they do have to be in that next man up mentality. This team is three and four, and there's no bowl game is really guaranteed to them uh, even at six and six but to me when I I look at this team uh, it just doesn't seem like the typical Miami team and uh, maybe winning can cure all but it just seems like they just haven't gotten out of their own way and the little mistakes are what is what is hurting this team now We did allude to it earlier that Manny Diaz, head coach Manny Diaz, was talking about quarterback and how he uh, is going to avoid one of the bigger mistakes that he made earlier in the season concerning quarterbacks. It seems like from the day that head coach Manny Diaz got to uh, the University of Miami again, per se, uh, quarterback was his number one objective, and it seems like that from the beginning, whether it was Nicosi, whether it was Jaron, or whether it was Tate Martell who came in as a transfer from Ohio State, that the issue hasn't had been solved, whether it was with depth or in competition, or whether there was a guy that was going to separate himself, but as the season progressed... Uh, Jaron was named the starter going into the season, and he made safe throws. And but it was there was something missing. And then Jaron got hurt, and Nkosi got in, and he played well against Virginia. But then uh, the it just seemed like it all came crashing down against Georgia Tech when he got injured. And you still have Tate Martell out there, just kind of hanging around, playing multiple positions but not really being a master of anything. And he did. He came to Miami to, p- to play quarterback, but he's really not ready to, p- to play that position just yet or ever, especially with him running with the receivers and special teams. Uh, it's a big issue. So uh, for me, when I look at this this whole controversy, uh, Manny Diaz did say that, uh, and he prefaced this by saying, he's not going to tip his hand. Uh, as early as he did the last time against Georgia Tech, where he let the team know who he was actually going to start at quarterback. And uh, I think that's when you tip your hand like that, Georgia Tech knew what to prepare for. Even if Jaron was hurt, you would at least have the idea that he could throw a football. Uh, but when you say Nikosi starting days ahead of time, they know how to game plan for him and they can look at all of the film that he's had and go back a year. You can't go back a year on Jaren. You can go and look at the Virginia Tech game because that was his worst game, but the film does matter. And when I look at the decision, it was a great decision. Don't, if it was up to me, if, if it were me, I would not have a starting quarterback named until the second that we walk out on the field or internally we have that that guy already decided on and no one knows until uh, we get to the stadium. Because quite honestly, you don't want another guy feeling a certain way mentally and not understanding and wanting, feeling upset regardless of if it's the best decision for the team. So when I look at this decision, uh, it was a great decision, but... Ultimately, I think Nakosi is going to be the guy. I don't think Jaron's ready just yet, even with a separated shoulder, and I think Nikosi brings the ability to extend the, the pocket. He's able to extend plays. He may not be the best passer of the football. Uh, he may not have the best footwork, but he extends plays, and I think that's going to be huge, especially behind an offensive line, in which we spoke about earlier, isn't all that great. It's Swiss cheese, and when you're talking an offensive line like this, uh, you have to be able to extend plays and and find ways to get rid of the football. You have to be a little bit more creative, and I think that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, Jaron brings the ability to throw the ball a little bit better down the field in a more, structured, um, a more structured environment, but with that offensive line breaking down as much as they have, it's going to be tough. Now, uh, not to not get into too much of it, uh, before, because we'll break this whole thing down on tomorrow. But Pitt leads the country in sacks, and many Diaz even told us at the beginning of the uh, of the week, you know, they're averaging almost five and a half sacks a game, and being that's almost double what Miami did in, a couple years ago under Mark Rick when the turnover chain was a thing and and Miami was rolling at ten and three. You know, that when that defense was aggressive and doing their thing, you know, they're still lapping the field almost. And granted, Pitt is a very good defense. Pat Narduzzi, who... Uh, ran a lot of those Michigan State defenses under Mark Antonio. You know he those defenses were really good. So if you get a chance and you remember those days, go back and watch those day those tapes, and you can get an idea of what he likes to do. But he's very heavy on blitzes, and he'll he'll he can dial up the pressure a little bit. And I think that's going to be huge because the Miami offensive line has just really broken down multiple times throughout the season, and with injuries and. The run, the lack of a running game, a cor- both quarterbacks being injured, having shoulder injuries. This is not a good setup for a team that can, uh, that has been struggling big time. I think the quarterback situation will be um, will not get settled throughout the rest of this season. I think that's going to be a it's going to be a week to week type of situation in which both team uh, This team is really both quarterbacks on this team will have to win it in practice and i think you may see a little tate martell going forward in some packages i think you'll see a lot more of jaren as he continues to get healthy and that'll be a great thing to see but for the most part you're going to see a little bit of musical chairs and it's going to be frustrating to everyone because there. i said it at the beginning um, if you have two quarterbacks you have none there needs to be a defined guy a guy that galvanizes this locker room and you know, when you're three and four, and every you're losing, it seems like everything's falling apart around you. It's going to be tough, but I think the team will find a way to uh, make some plays. I can't guarantee a, a ball game appearance or anything like that, but I think uh, somebody, uh, either one of those quarterbacks, will find a way to take this team and make it theirs. And at some point, unfortunately, somebody's going to somebody's going to have to transfer, and you'll end up with another guy. Uh, as as a backup. I mean, Miami's recruiting quarterbacks also, so that's a steady influx of young arm talent, especially when you have guys that are going to be uh, leaving in the future, especially Nicosi's. He's a a redshirt sophomore. He could potentially, he could leave or transfer. I don't think it would be a great idea for him to go to the the NFL, but that would be a, I mean, it's an option for him. And I think for for me, when I look at this team, I say, um, this is the weakness of this team. If quarterback was fixed, maybe some of the issues like the running game wouldn't be such a big deal. Uh maybe the defense could actually um could could hold serve for a little bit longer. Maybe the offensive line will actually get a little better, especially knowing that he that the guy under center is the guy that's making he's Galvan, he's the leader, he's the unquestioned leader but it doesn't seem like that guy exists in this locker room, unfortunately. So Manny Diaz made a great, has made a good decision. But unfortunately, the decision he's decided on making will probably make it will be a week to week type of thing. And we're always going to be uh, talking about this revolving door of quarterback uh, throughout the rest of the season. And there we still have a, a nice hefty five games left, which includes Pitt, Florida State, and Louisville. Uh, not to mention a Duke team that isn't all that bad so uh, that's gonna be a tough thing to do especially going into Tallahassee that'll be a tough one going to Pitt, uh these this team hasn't been on the road much so it's gonna be a, a tough environment it's, you never know how kids uh will will react going into these tough environments now tomorrow is game day so we will be talk we will be breaking it all down for you uh what the Pitt Miami game is going to be huge, at least for Pitt. Uh, Pitt's still kind of in the running for the ACC Coastal. Miami, uh, unfortunately, is pretty much out of it with three conference losses. It's it's going to be a long shot. It would it would take miracles upon miracle miracles. And based off of what we've seen from these Canes, do you really expect for them to actually? Uh, to actually contend, that's, a, that's something for, uh, that you can decide. Let us know what you think by dropping us a line on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. Also, leave your questions with the hashtag LOC Mailbag, and we'll read your questions on air on Friday when we break down all the happenings from the game. You can follow me on Twitter at FredProduceCFB. And until tomorrow, folks, where we break it all down for you, going into Saturday, it's all about the U. Go Canes.